The following program is intended for mature audiences. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. It's Big Boom Radio Friday, people, so it's time once again for the Big Boom Radio podcast, Riffs and Rants, with Johnny Teflon and Michael Sean Lee. Both barrels, both sides, and a lot of good music, too. All I know is this violates every canon of respectable broadcasting. Indeed it does, my friend, indeed it does. And we'll be right back, folks, after the first gem of the day. Go. 
That was what, a gem. Yeah, that was I a mean, gem. What better way than <laughs> to uh, start a show that's going to be about, at least initially, pets, primarily dogs, cats, yeah. little reptiles thrown in there, yeah. uh, with the song by the Stooges off their 1969 album, appropriately called The Stooges, uh, I Want to Be Your Dog. Man, that's wild. It's a classic track. Well, it's, it's wild when you think about what was what was being done musically in 1969. True. This kind of flies in the face of the whole you know peace, love, and happiness kind of thing. Yeah, and it's definitely not acid rock. It's no. It, there's something happening there. Yeah. yeah. And you just you know, the number of people that have covered that song a lot gives you an idea. It it, it definitely struck a nerve, struck home with a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were listening to the Joan Jett version, you know, which I immediately thought it sounded a lot sexier coming from a woman. Yeah, yeah, there's an <laughs> argument to be made there, definitely. And then we saw the one chick. The name escapes me. She had a backup band featuring um, Steve Jones. Yeah, some Sex famous musicians. Like, yeah, yeah. backing up, and one of their people had a slide guitar. Um, <laughs> Which great? I mean, look, I'm all all about. I think you can add a slide guitar too. Yeah. It's my deep deep well, was, southern roots. Was, yeah, definitely a <laughs> definitely an effort to rockabilly the tune a bit. Yeah, uh, yeah, which is which is an interesting thought. Not the first thing that comes to mind when you hear Iggy and the Stooges. Right. You know, let's rockabilly that <laughs> shit. You know. But uh, but yeah, classic classic Stooges tune. And again, I I love the fact that it kind of flies in the face of what was going on in '69. Mm-hmm. Though I think at that point, you know, the whole peace and love thing was starting to wane just a bit, you know, and you had some heavier things coming along. I think that was uh, right around the time that Zeppelin released their first album, you know, so the times, yep. they were definitely a-changing they, they were definitely at that point. Changing. Yep. Someday this war's gonna end. And but, it's uh, funny, though, because whenever we see movies about, like, say, the Vietnam War, yeah. I mean, that shit went on until 1975. Yeah. But the music that represents the conflict pretty much stops at 68, <laughs> right? It's always it's the Stones, Painted Black, or, yeah. you know, Inagata de Vida, or, yeah. you know, occasionally a Doors tune. Yeah. Nothing ever, like, past that. No, that's a know? good point. That's an interesting <laughs> point. Because seriously, you would think, look, if I'm, in, if I'm in the deep shit, right? We're some real pretty shit now, man! Yeah. And I'm listening to something... For me personally, it's probably going to be Zeppelin. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Hell, I would have prolonged the war just three more years to listen to Van Halen in, in, in the bush. Because <laughs> then, shit, all bets would be off. But that's just me. Yeah. Well, I think uh, at some point, as, as sick a thought as this is, uh, the, the, the romantic war element uh, of the Vietnam War was kind of lost by 1970. Oh yeah, at that I, point, it literally it was, lasted about a week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it was done. And, and at that point, it just it really became some heavy shit. Yep. And uh, not something you could really put music to. No. You know? No. But uh, but yeah, that was definitely uh, a transitional period. That was right around the time that the Beatles were wrapping it up. Uh, you know, and that was definitely the end of mm-hmm. it. And that's, of a, that's another group you never hear yeah. in a Vietnam War movie. Anything no. by the Beatles. No. Not at all. <laughs> no. Nobody wants to hold your hand in the shit. You'll get the shit. You'll be knee deep in the shit. <laughs> okay, before, so we go, anyway, before this turns into a Vietnam War yeah, episode, yeah. we're here to talk about America's obsession with our furry little friends. Yes, pets. Pets. We make great pets. We'll make great pets. Yeah. We ever used that one already. Yeah, I know. I think we did, didn't we? We did. Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah. Yeah. As it but, pertains to aliens capturing yeah, us. and That's right. I remember yeah, that. Using us for warmth or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. or food. Right, but yeah, yeah. The, uh, the idea for this episode occurred to me one day. I was sitting here thinking to myself, self, we need some more topics. 
And I looked over at our director of security, Miss Beatrix Kiddo, <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Dogs, man. Yeah. Well, it fits because, uh, I mean, And it started of, with dogs, but it branched out to just oh, pets. Oh, pets in general and, and, and our country's obsession with pets. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it, it fits very much so to, you know, current events because the focus has definitely been made on, you know, pets with all the isolationism that sure. has come with the pandemic. Yep. Yep. And, you know, our, our, our tendencies as a society in regards to what we consider pets. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think at one point, it seems to me... Six eight months ago, like pretty much the shelters, uh, the pet shelters in in the country have been wiped out. Mm-hmm. You know, by people who are you know suddenly adopting right. pets. It, it it very much became a thing. Who rescued who? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And not not to throw piss on the fire, but let me just say this: um, before I was lucky enough to come across my significant other, Miss Beatrix. I was looking into adopting a pet. Sure. That shit's not easy at no. all. No. Oh, no. It's God, tough no. to rescue an animal. Oh, yeah. These probably days, tougher than it needs to be. Yeah, probably a little bit. But then again, you know, when the, when the, when the shelters were, you know, bursting with, you right, know, right. animals that needed to find homes, needed to be adopted and whatnot, you know, maybe they didn't or weren't as stringent now standards-wise as the... Mm-hmm. As, uh, as it comes to who gets to adopt who and whatnot, right. because you know there was just a need, and uh, and when there was a run, you know, on said animals, then suddenly they got to be a little bit more picky about you know who got who and where mm. and what and the placement and whatnot. Suddenly, you know, it got to the level of, of placing like I mean, because you need human a, children. You yeah, know? I mean, you need an affidavit by your vet. Yeah, to adopt a dog. Now, what if you never had a pet before, but you're loaded with good intentions? You got a great home. It's fenced in. Lots of room for them to run and everything. You don't have a vet. It's yeah. like going to a doctor because you have a, a toe fungus, and he says, well, who's your cardiologist? <laughs> what? <laughs> What's one got to do with the other? This is true. But we digress. Yeah. But let's, I mean, let's the, not the, tackle the, the bureaucracy. The, the pet thing, you know, obviously is nothing new. I mean, we've, we've again, refocused on it, you know, given the pandemic. But, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, if, if uh, you start looking at, like, length of time and whatnot, I don't know if, I don't know, we discussed this a little bit the uh, the oldest dog breed in existence right now is the saluki which i have no idea what that looks I, like i wouldn't know a saluki if it bit me <laughs> um but, and it might because it sounds vicious yeah it kind of does yeah. doesn't it but the breed actually dates back to 329 bc when they were kept as as royal pets in ancient egypt oh so that dog's probably no fun then probably just, not it just sits there like a statue yeah yeah it's probably like, like a sphinx <laughs> or whatever right but i mean just to think Think about that for a minute, just the span of time. Uh-huh. You know, this is how long that human beings have been keeping pets. Sure. You know, and I mean, it definitely goes back to Neanderthal times. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I think, I'm not certain, but dogs are probably the first domesticated animal next to cattle right. out of all of them, you yeah. know? And the mentality of dogs, they're pack animals, so are humans. Don't act like we're all educated in shit because we're not. Yeah. You know, they like hanging out with people. There's food, there's fire, there's warmth. Yeah. You know, just entertainment. Makes perfect sense. Right. You know? And the, 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 the level of loyalty um, yes. that you get from a dog, for instance, mm-hmm. is, is... Without peer. It's enviable. And, yeah. you know, you, you don't, unfortunately, see that level of, en- of, of loyalty with humans. So maybe mm-hmm. that's... That's, that's part of it right now, if we want to get all psychological on it. Well, let me jump right out in front and also say that we're not poo-pooing on cats. No, no, no. But it's, look, it, it's a dog's world. It is. You know, just it saying. Is. Yeah. Well, dogs, dogs are, without a doubt, the most popular animal 
Uh, as a pet in the U.S., you sure you got you got stats on that, don't yes, you? Yes, Johnny's even got stats. And before I even go into the stats, this is one of those things that doesn't label Americans as being particularly douchey when it comes to their pets, right? Because it's a worldwide phenomenon. Oh, totally. Other than the countries that eat dogs, which yeah, yeah leave that alone right now well, for now. But basically, all over the country and countries in Europe, and you had mentioned to me the Netherlands, Netherlands yeah. is the only country with no strays. Oh yeah, there's an estimated 200 million stray dogs in the world and you know try and wrap your brain around that idea 200 mm-hmm. million but yeah the Netherlands just recently became the first country in the world to have no strays whatsoever which is you great know? well it, it obviously there was an effort made there that doesn't mm-hmm. that doesn't just happen you know and it's I think an admirable effort you know right. given what we're talking about as far as you know pets you know, qualities of loyalty and whatnot, mm-hmm. you know, to make that kind of effort to make sure there are no strays. That's that's pretty admirable. Well, let me, let me throw some facts out at the audience. All right. And we'll go from, wow, that's an amazing broad fact to kind of <laughs> like narrow it down a little bit. Hit him, John. So right off the top, yeah. um, 96% of Americans have had an animal of some sort in their life. Wow. I mean, 96. it could be a fish. It could be a gecko. It could be dog, cat, bird, yeah. reptile, you name it. That's well, apparently, we're all in. All in. Know, 96%? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. And what the fuck is up with that 4%? I know. Who are What's those people? What's wrong with those people? Put them in camps. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay, more recent times, millennials just passed boomers as the leading uh, demographic of, of, of pet owners. Interesting. With more than half owning dogs. Wow. That's big business yeah. right there. Oh, that's huge business. They can't afford a house or a decent car, but they can afford a dog. <laughs> right? And, well, and fancy that, sneakers. What does that tell you about millennials? You know? It tells you that most basements will comfortably accommodate a dog. <laughs> That's what it tells me. Those shit bags. Sorry, yeah. everyone under the age of 25. All right. All right uh, now that we've alienated that <laughs> segment of our audience. Yeah. Zoom. All right. So currently, 67% of Americans currently own a pet. And to put it in perspective, because it's not individuals really so much, as it, it's families. Yeah. That's 85 million families wow. in this country have a, a, a pet. And that is, that is up from just a little bit over half back in 1988. Right. It's, it's, it's booming. Yeah. 56% of Americans that have pets own a dog. 39% own a cat. The rest wow. are either fish or reptiles. Well, that's, that's the funny thing is... is I was going to the same well you were as far as uh, as getting these stats and 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 getting these wow numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, there are over forty eight million uh, dog pets in the U.S. Cats, it's thirty one million or a little over thirty one million. Fish, you know, are well represented, a little bit <laughs> over a million. And then there's the folks who have pet reptiles at three hundred and sixty six thousand. That's a lot of tattoos. That's, that's uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's hear it for renters. Yeah, you know, people, and, and yeah, just I, I, I grew up with dogs, like right. you know, like I believe you did. Yep. And just the idea, trying to wrap my brain around the idea of a snake. Well, I tell you what, in my in you my know? reckless youth, I went through my reptile phase, did which you really? was yet, yeah, which was parallel with my gambling phase. Interesting. So my outlook was, well, if I take my winnings and go buy an exotic pet with it, it's not like I'm going to give it back to the casino. So, uh, I've had... Yes. So, it was an investment. Yes. Nice. Pythons. Uh, I had a giant daycare gecko, just like the little Geico lizard. Interesting. Fantastic little creature. Yeah. And then there was the tail. Hold on to your butt. Which I didn't plan on telling this, but we're about sharing. Okay. Stinky, the monkey-tailed skink. 
I went to the pet store one day with my girlfriend at the time after a big day at the casino. All right. And I'm like, do you have any exotic pets? Well, we got Stinky. So I went over and looked at Stinky, who in fact was a monkey-tailed skink. Wow. Kind of looks like... Um, and they named him Stinky. Yes, they did. I didn't ask why. Yeah. Don't ask questions about Stinky. Just buy him. Seriously. So uh, a, um, a monkey-tailed skink looks like... I don't know, kind of like an iguana on steroids. Okay. And it does have a prehensile tail that he would use to hang from different things. Really? Unbeknownst to me, he also had claws that could probably cut through sheet metal. <laughs> so young Jesus. buck that I was at the time, yes. I was sporting my satiny gold's gym jacket. Okay. And as my girlfriend was conversing with the pet shop owner, her being a marine biology major, right. I'm sitting here hanging out with Stinky the Monkey-Tailed Skink, who was slowly... Okay crawling up my, my chest from how I was holding him like a baby right. up to around my neck area. So first, he shredded the shit out of my jacket. <laughs> and I said to the lady, can you maybe cut these claws a little bit? Oh, she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. So I hand uh, him to her over the counter. He proceeds to take a giant white lizard dump right on the countertop. <laughs> She's like, oh, I'm so sorry about that. We should have, you know, made sure he, he pooped already. I'm like, whatever. Oh, what a grand experience. And even this, in spite of this, I'm still on board with, with Stinky. Okay. So she cuts his nails, right? Yeah. And he's very passive, doesn't squirm or anything. She hands him back over the counter to me. Yeah. I once again hold him in like a swaddling fashion like I would a newborn. Right. She continues to converse with the girlfriend. So as those two are talking back and forth, I feel... Kind of like somebody's fist rubbing gently on my neck, and this oh, would be the head yeah. of Stinky the Monkey-Tailed Skink. All right. Who then very nonchalantly and almost in a slow-mo fashion opens up his mouth and then closes it no. right on my, what is that, the carotid artery right yeah, there? Yeah, right about there. So I feel this thing bite me, and I'm like, uh, well, this isn't okay. Yeah. And I go to pull him off, but now he's clamped on my neck. So he's oh, like pulling. Jesus. So the lady behind the counter sees us like, oh my goodness. <laughs> so she knows like, I guess, where to grab him. So he releases his grip. Okay. And now I've got this tiny little bite radius mark on my neck. A little bit of blood. Nothing crazy. Yeah. I'm laughing my ass off. I'm the only one there out of the three of us that thinks this is hysterical. <laughs> And I say, you know what? I'm going to have to pass on, on, yeah. on Stinky. Thus yeah. closes out the ballad of Stinky the Monkey-Tailed Skink. And there we go. But yes, I went through my, my, uh, my reptile phase. Well, that's, that's the issue that I have conceptually with reptiles is, you know, do you really want to have a pet that if the size difference was a little <laughs> bit more in its it favor, would it would, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look, there's there's some sick fucks out there. Oh, pardon my French. That love feeding boa constrictors. Yeah. Generally, we're not even when they're past the cricket phase and they're into the baby mice and then the, yeah. the large mice. Yeah. You put them in a in a paper bag together and just let it sit there until you hear a squeak and a rustle. Oh. And the the mouse is no more. Okay. Right. right. That's good for the first couple of times, and then you're like, this is kind of sadistic, you yeah. know. So I went through that phase. Yeah. But again, not to get totally into the reptile thing, we're talking about. Dogs, cuddly, <laughs> fluffy dogs. And yes, like yourself, I was a, a, a dog kid in a dog yeah. household growing up. I oh, had yeah. two. Yeah. One was a West Highland White Terrier, male, fantastic disposition. Yeah. Second was a miniature Schnauzer, female, also fantastic for a little dog. Yeah. Very loving, very gentle. And now I got this monster here <laughs> who literally bites doorknobs and bends them. 
Yeah, that's our head of security right there, Right, folks. thank God she loves me. Yeah. Don't ever enter the studio uninvited, folks, I'm telling yeah. you. Well, I grew up with boxers. Boxers are like a force of nature. Yes, they are. Yeah, you know, they will rip a house down, you know, right you know, <laughs> right beneath you until until they're about five years old, and then they hit a different gear, and they're really cool. But right. like prior to hitting that that level of maturity, they will destroy your house and everything in it. Not not in a malicious fashion, mind you, just in a super high energy. I have to do something with this, so I'm going to rip the front door off. It's right. Just they're still of part of the pack, just more of the uh, construction division. Yeah, which I, yeah, I think that's probably and you just hit on the most appealing thing about about dogs is the way they look at things in terms of who's in the pack and who's not. Right. You know, they don't really differentiate between species yep. so much as it's, are you in the pack or are you yep. not in are the pack? Are you one of us or you're not one of us? Yeah. You know. Which is a surprisingly human trait because we kind of do that constantly. Yes, we do. <laughs> yes, we do. You're either one of us or you're one of them. Yep. But because we live in America, you know, everything is about business and a dollar. And here's a staggering fact that, they say, in uh, 2021, okay. it's estimated we will spend $109 billion Whoa. on our pets. Whoa. And that's, you know... That's big business right yeah, there. Yeah, and that's because of the related businesses. It's not just the, the buying and selling of the pet, and it's not yeah. even so much like the dog food or the cat food. Yeah. It's, you know, veterinary care. Yeah, massive business. They used to laugh at vets, saying that they're the ones that couldn't finish medical school. Well, who's laughing now? Have yeah, you been to the seriously. vet lately? Have you seen those bills? Mm-hmm. Shit. Well, I believe that dogs average uh, two point four visits to the veterinarian every year. Yep. Little little edge that cats have on dogs. Cats average one point three. Right. Well, cats they're you look they are more self sufficient than yep. dogs. Yeah. But they're also kind of aloof. Yeah. I mean, you can't really put a, a, a cat in a football jersey. Yep. Not that I would ever do that to my dog. Go blue, <laughs> go Patriots. She's even got a Mets shirt. Just saying. Well, the thing, thing that I always, always personally held against cats is a dog will jump in on your side in a fight. Totally. You cats know? like, Cat, dude, you're, you're on your own, yeah. man. You're on your own. Yeah. <laughs> Which is probably why cats live so long. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah, and is why I've always favored bigger dogs. Right. You know, in my life. I mean... Quite frankly, a poodle jumping in on your side in a fight's not yeah, really, really going to help gonna, that much. Not going to turn the no, tide. No. German Shepherd, on the other hand, yeah, Different that's going to make game. a difference. Right. Yeah. And, you know, touching back on these, these related businesses, yeah, veterinary care, but grooming. Grooming is big bucks. Oh, yeah. Toys, food, insurance. Insurance. Which there I used go. to laugh at my sister when she'd get insurance for her dogs. I'm like, oh, are you yeah. serious? Well, when the whole concept of insurance enters into the situation, then you know it's gone big business. Right. You know, because insurance is the biggest scam running. It and it, really yeah, is. and it's genius because they know how much we love our pets and of they course. are like members of the family. Yep. We'll do anything. We'll go without eating to make sure that the, the pet gets food. <laughs> that the pet you doesn't know? starve, sure. And when you got one like I got, every different day, she's like, eh, I don't like this anymore. Yeah, I've had it every day for the last year, but I'm, <laughs> I'm tired of it. It's giving me the runs. Switch it up. Yeah. Well, again, in admiring that that characteristic that humans so frequently painfully lack uh-huh. you know is rewarding that loyalty you know if if you know this this entity this thing this life you know whatever it is your pet your dog yep. is so loyal to you 
and you know is, is always going to be there for you. Totally. You know, correspondingly, you will do anything for them. Yeah, because they're, they're very in tune, especially, you know, dogs. And I'm, I'm guessing the same thing for cats. Yeah. They're, they're very intuitive. They know when their owner is not being themselves, if yeah. there's something on their mind or if they're sick or whatever. And, uh, yeah, it's very easy to treat them as part of the family because oh, especially when you buy them as a puppy or a kitten mm-hmm. or a tadpole or whatever, um, you're their everything. Yeah. They know nothing else. Yeah. You know, and it, it's it's funny if you think about it. Like, imagine being a dog with a normal family. Do you ever think they're like, how come I don't look like any of them? <laughs> doesn't enter into the picture. It doesn't. It, they in, don't care. Into, yeah. Look, if a bunch of you are going to sit around and sing happy birthday, you know they're chiming in. Yep, absolutely. And absolutely. I'm lucky that B is is you know she's half pit bull and half um, husky. Okay. So she's very vocal. And yes. you've seen it on I occasion. Have, I have noticed that. We'll yes. go back and forth and have entire conversations. <laughs> and the scary part is I'm like Han Solo now. I actually know what she's saying. <laughs> I know the difference between a, a poop bark and a, I got to go pee wine. Right. Or right. look, it's time for my like fifth treat of the day. Yeah. I'm in tune with that. wasn't oh, yeah. initially, but I've been educated you know, as, as she's grown up. Yep. Well, psychologists have, have, have interpreted or, or, or concluded that dogs can understand over a hundred different words and phrases. That's amazing. I mean, and understand, fully mm-hmm. comprehend what you're saying. Right. You know, even though clearly we don't speak the same language, mm-hmm. yeah, then they know exactly what you're saying. Yep. And whatever it is your intentions are. And I've always noticed how dogs dial in on the tone of your voice. Yes. You know, maybe more so than the words you're actually yep. using. And but. it's proven fact that using that little baby talk voice, oh, yeah. and luckily I haven't broken down yet. You haven't seen me do no, it, I have but not. yes, when it's just her and I here, <laughs> I'm talking it like she's a toddler, and it, it works because yeah. everything sounds good. The tail never stops wagging. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And the minute I, I put like mean voice on, she scurries away. So you're not going to get anything with that. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Well, fuck your Facebook like. You know, I'll take I'll take a dog dog's tail waving over that bullshit. Why do you gotta love me with Facebook oh, now? Sorry about Damn that. It. Is that like foreshadowing for things to come? Perhaps, perhaps. perhaps. Because uh, yeah, the, the the second topic today, um, yeah, we're kind of going in that direction, aren't sure. we? Yeah. But first, let's dip our toes in uh, the refreshing waters. Of the middle gem. I like that idea. I truly do. It's time. And and I like the idea of giving a nod to that weird 366,000 <laughs> uh, strong group of people who have reptiles yes. as pets. I don't get it. I don't know what anybody feels is warm and fuzzy about an iguana. Yeah. But, uh, but hey, man, if that's your thing, that's your thing. You yeah. know, I'm sure there's plenty of iguanas out there that need a good home. Right. So uh, in... in, in in that vein, with that in mind, uh, yeah, let's rock out to a second gem here, shall we? All right. Do you want to give it away? Do you want to keep uh, it? Oh, I mean, they'll know it immediately. Yeah, of course. It's one of those songs where two, three notes in, you know where we're going. You All know right. The, you know what the song is. It's an Elton John classic, which is the area we have not covered. Indeed. Uh, you know, in building the uh, Riffs and Rants gem soundtrack. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, if you haven't already figured this out, it's uh, Sir Elton John doing Crocodile Rock. All right, listen up and enjoy, folks. We'll be back in a few minutes with some more things and stuff. I remember 
Oh, a simpler time. Oh man, just timeless themes in that song. That's that's just vintage. You know, it's funny to say it, vintage Americana, considering yeah. you know Sir Elton's from uh, <laughs> from England. Exactly. But uh, but yeah, just it, it captured a time and a place. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's I think the epitome of of what they call classic rock. Yeah, you know, and it's, it's really kind of is. an ode to the American uh, music scene, especially like American Bandstand. Yeah. Uh, that Philadelphia yeah. sandwich. Maybe led him to do Philadelphia Freedom. Who sure. knows? Would have would have been right at home in the soundtrack to American Graffiti. Yes, you know, even though it was a different time period and whatnot. But yep. yeah, Elton was definitely uh, touching on those themes. Sure, you know, with a lot of the stuff he did in the mid seventies. Yeah, and I'm so glad we got to you know pick that song. That of course, you know, like you said, it's Crocodile Rock from 1972 off of the Don't Shoot Me, I'm Only the Piano Player <laughs> album. Great, Great name. Title. Yeah. And it's it's important that we kind of time capsule that early seventies Elton John, and maybe it needs to be separated from the Elton John we have today. Now, granted, yeah. he's much older, yeah. But see, somebody like like Billy Joel really never changed, and somebody like Bruce Springsteen's really never changed. Yeah, yeah. But Elton, after his stint in rehab, different artist, completely. Not completely. worse, okay. Not oh, better, no, not at all. Just, just different. Different, yeah. Because early Elton, the, the, the Captain Fantastic yep. Elton. Yep, with the costumes and the platform yes. shoes and whatnot. Yeah. It's like the rebirth of, of, of Jerry Lee Lewis, except maybe slightly more unapologetic, if that's possible. Oh, yeah. Well, he'll always, in my mind, be the pinball wizard. Yes. You know? And I that mean, scene from, from Tommy, the theatrical version, where he battles uh, Roger Daltrey as Tommy at the end, <laughs> yeah, with yep. the stilted legs and yeah. the giant boots, straight off of the actual pinball machines yeah. we played as kids. Absolutely. Was just he was just so much rock and roll in such a tiny package. Well, it's just this yeah, it, it is funny cuz yeah, he's a little guy, but uh but it it takes a lot to uh eventually achieve the uh, I don't know, the the stature of iconic. No, good way to put know? it. Yeah. And and Elton, a statesman of rock and roll. The epitome of iconic. Yeah. Really and truly is. And just the, the epitome of that that era, that 70s era, mm. you know, what was going on in popular music at the time. Uh, he just embodied it. He just fully embodied it. Yep. And, uh, and yeah, you got to pause and, and recognize that when you're talking about Sir Elton. Sure. You know, I mean, he did, you know, a ton of stuff in the 80s and whatnot. And, you know, in a lot of ways, he kind of became a, a, I don't know, a spokesman to some degree, you know, in the 90s and whatnot. Like his appearance with Eminem. You know, when Eminem got, you know, mm-hmm. got in the hot water over some controversial remarks. And Axel, too. <laughs> and Axel at the same time. Yeah, and appealing, uh, appearing with Axel on stage. Right. You know, you were kind of looking for Elton's approval. You know, and if Elton said, no, no, he's cool, mm-hmm. you were cool. Yeah, he was there to send uh, quite a few olive branches. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, let, let's, yeah, it is what it is. He was a, a, now a spokesman for the um, LBG. TQZY, I, I lose track of the letters, honestly, I do. But um, there's quite a few of them now. Yeah. yeah. But he's, you know, he, he, he's Sir Elton and he represents all these people that have been somewhat underrepresented. Yeah. And they look up to him because he's just a smashing success. Yeah. He's definitely got a problem managing money, but who among <laughs> us doesn't? I mean, that's, that, that's, that's, yeah. You know, yeah. That's, that's not that much of a sin, really. Yeah. And we're talking about a huge amount of money. Huge, yeah. ridiculous yeah. amounts of money. So, you know, it comes comes with the whole being an icon thing. Exactly. And, you know, and he always seems to make it back. It's really all he's got to do is go out on tour and boop, he's rich yep. again. Yeah. You know? Problem solved. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I'm glad we finally got a chance to use some uh, vintage Elton John. Agreed. 
Agreed. Um, and it wasn't even that much of a shoehorn because we got to address also, like you said, the minority of, of reptile owners in this country. <laughs> They're people too. Odd people, but right. yes, yes. Now we go there. from celebrating people and their pets to... Ha <laughs> ha, you fool! Ooh, it's the fool of the week. Better not be fooled. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's time for another segment <laughs> of Fool of the Week, one of our which, guilty pleasures. Which in my notes I, I jot down as Asshole of the Week. Yes, yeah. you did try and change it up on us, I but I was like, did. bro, Jingle's already done, man. <laughs> I'm not going to <laughs> go through that again. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, the sentiment is there. It's, it's consistent. It is. It is. It is. It is. And, uh, yeah, we have a few candidates this week, don't we? We had a, an abundance of, of, of candidates this yeah. week. But in the interest of the time, we each had to pick... One unlucky piece of crap yeah. to showcase. Yeah, yeah. Somebody who has it coming. We all have it coming. Yeah. So, would you like to go first, sir? Uh, well, you know, I had a couple of honorable mentions. Sure, throw that, them out that, there. That I'd like to throw out there, and uh, you know, it's a reoccurring theme with me. But I'm going to throw <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg out there yet again. Yeah. You know, for for you know him getting raked over the coals, justifiably so. For all the damage that Facebook is doing to society, you know, <laughs> you've given you know, a name to your pain, yeah, and it know? is Zuckerberg, and he doesn't he doesn't help his cause by being such a fucking weasel. He is, hell. you know, he's so easily. He gets up yeah. to defend Facebook, and you want to shoot him, you know. <laughs> Not that I would, you know, advocate violence against you know, anybody, anybody ever. But I mean, talk <laughs> about a guy who might have it coming. Uh, just you know, the the and and. You know, unless you have your head so far up your backside, you're not picking this up. This guy's created a monster, of, you know, courtesy of Facebook. And now what's coming out, courtesy of this whistleblower, is they know it's a monster. Yeah. And they don't do anything about it because it might affect profit. Uh, so Zuckerberg definitely gets uh, an honorable mention anytime we touch on asshole of the week or whatever <laughs> it was you were calling it. Fool. Fool, Fool of the week. Fool of the week? Okay. Yes. And, uh, and, you know, since there is a political element to Russian rants and, and <laughs> to yours in my discourse, I got to throw uh, Mitch McConnell in there, you know, for all this silliness. Well, uh, you, you made Jimmy, Jimmy Stewart on, yeah, on Quaaludes? Uh, Mitch him. McConnell? Yes, the turtle on Quaaludes. <laughs> uh, for this whole, you know, shenanigans with the debt ceiling, yeah. you know, which is, which is pretty uh, unprecedented in the world with the exception of the U.S., um, and it's, that's, that's kind of a dry topic, and I know that doesn't necessarily fire people up. So <laughs> I'm going to veer off of that. And, uh, and my fool or asshole of the week, if you want, uh, I'm throwing out Southwest Airlines. Go with that. Yes. 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 And, and I want to I wanna be very, very clear on this. Uh -huh. I don't mean the good people that man the planes uh, of Southwest <laughs> Airlines who are in the sky. Who are, in case the air has to fly yes, again, right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> in the, in the uh, unforeseen you know, circumstance that, uh -huh. you know, these poor people, these, you know, stewards and stewardesses, you know, what they used to call them in the old days, you know, who have to duct tape people to seats and whatnot to keep them from bringing the fucking That is pretty ridiculous what they've got to deal with these days. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, I've had a lot of lousy jobs in my life, but <laughs> I've never had to duct tape anybody... To, you know, to a seat to keep that person from killing us all. Right. You know, I want to talk about the Southwest Airlines management, ownership, whatever. Um, in case you didn't hear, uh, just recently, uh, as in last week, these idiots canceled 365 flights, 
10% of its schedule for the day. And that, of course, caused 600 more flights to be delayed. Joey, have you ever been in a, in a Turkish prison? And this is, this is comical. They blamed air traffic control, don't know where they got that one, <laughs> and bad weather for quote-unquote operational challenges that resulted in 1,900 canceled flights on Saturday and Sunday of this previous week. You're now clear to bullshit the entire country. It should be noted that no other air carrier, no other air carrier, reported problems mm-hmm. of this kind at all. Not even, not even vaguely. <laughs> not even uh, spirit. Not, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. to be clear, again, for those who don't like use uh, airplanes a whole lot, they do all share the same sky. Yeah. Funny so how that something's works. full of shit something's, here. Yeah, yeah. Something, something's not uh, quite loser. right. But uh, these disruptions, <laughs> curiously enough, uh-huh. uh, began shortly after its pilots asked a federal judge to block an order that all uh, Southwest Airlines employees uh, be vaccinated. Now, the union, it should be noted, the union said it does not oppose vaccine mandates, uh, but they did say that the company needs to negotiate before taking, taking such a step. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can make of that what you will. You can read between the lines on that one. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I have to stress, no other carrier reported such problems. And I'm sure we can all relate to that sinking feeling you get in the pit of your stomach yes. when you're at a stopover <laughs> and you're not quite to your destination yet and your flight gets not delayed, uh-huh. not postponed, uh-huh. canceled. We're looking at you, U.S. Airways. Canceled. <laughs> the crew timed out. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, you know, the domino effect of such a thing. It's yes. like now suddenly 200 people are scrambling to get on the next flight that yep. had five empty seats. And you're stuck wherever you are, you know, with the hotel bill. Yep. And, you know, maybe you say, screw this. I'm just going to rent a car and drive 500 miles to wherever that's, the hell it is. That's happened to get as well. To. You know, yep. just that, you know. And, it, and it's funny because I haven't been forced to get on a plane in, in quite some time now. But when I lived in Los Angeles, I used to fly all the time. Mm-hmm. And I can relate to all of these things. Yep. You know, and the canceled flight is the worst. Yeah. It is the absolute worst. And it's, in my... You are screwed. Good <laughs> luck to you. In my mysterious profession, um, I... That day job so much, thing? Yeah, that yeah, day job right, thing. Right, right. Not so much in the last you know, couple of years, but I would uh, normally have had to... Do a lot of like quick flights here and there around the country. This meeting, that meeting. Yep. And my my favorite was not to give an unintentional plug, but it was Delta because they let me down the least out of all the different airlines. Yeah. That is the barometer. Yeah. They let you down the least. Exactly. And I yeah. loved Continental, but they seemed to like shrink and not have as much uh, service within the United States anymore. So yeah. my my options were. Southwest, which I hated yeah. because I'm not a fan of the cattle call. I know. Choose really? your own seat means yeah. fight for your own life, basically. Yeah, there's nothing like being <laughs> pissed off before the plane has even taken off. Yep. You know? And U.S. Airways is the worst between the, 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 the crews always timing out because they don't feel like taking a flight to the next destination. Or the plane's too heavy. We need somebody to leave their bags behind. Yeah. It's just one excuse after another. Yeah. I used to fly Continental Airlines, and, and same thing. They screwed me the least yep. of all the other carriers out there that I periodically flew on, which is why I flew on them 
you know, as much as humanly possible. Right. Because the likelihood of getting stuck someplace yep. was lowest with those guys. But in this case, staying on topic, yeah, I mean, even from 30,000 feet, pardon the pun, um, it looks like that uh, Southwest is just bullshitting oh everybody and not doing a good job of it at all. I, I just, I can't wrap my brain around almost 1,900 canceled flights. And I tell you what, it wasn't even a holiday Good week. God, what a what shit show! What if it show. was a holiday week? What if this happened on Thanksgiving? Oh man, you know, you're, you're stuck at wherever the hell you are. You're stuck, right? you know, for days on end trying to get the hell out of there, you know. And I've spoken to people, you know, traveling around, you know, who had these stories where I was stuck in such and such a city mm-hmm. for so many different days because I couldn't get the hell out of there. Right. You know, and maybe you didn't have the option to rent a car. Sure. Or screw it, drive wherever you go. So you're yeah. stuck. I was in Dallas know? one time when two inches of snow started falling down. Oh, jeez. It was like people pounding on the walls of the ark trying to save their <laughs> lives. Seriously. So I was lucky enough to get on literally the last flight out of Dallas before they go. closed down the airport yep, yep. into Detroit where there was nary a room to be found. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the situation you get into. It's just... Get me on any flight the yep. hell out of here. And like I said, it's it's a domino effect. It just keeps rolling down. So eventually, like, I got stuck in Detroit, and I wound up paying God knows how much for a shitty-ass room at the Sheridan at Ugh. Detroit Airport yeah. because there was nothing else. Yeah. You know, it just log jams everything. Yeah, and anybody who has slept in an airport, which I have on one or two occasions. Sometimes that's just more convenient. Sometimes you have no other options. Right. You know, like you said, you know, all the hotels... You know, in the immediate vicinity are booked up. Yep. You know, and, and I've experienced that scenario too, you know, of, of being at a hotel near an airport when a flight was canceled. And then suddenly it's like, wow, I could resell my room tonight for $1,500. <laughs> exactly. You know, because these poor bastards are stuck. You know? But first, let me take this voucher from the airlines to go eat at Johnny Rockets. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's all of the week or. or, or Whatever we're calling it. Fool. Fool. It's, Fool. A, family, it's a family program. Oh, okay. I apologize. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Okay, what do you got, choice. Well, yeah, I, same. too, had some runner-ups because it's been a, a week in the news, yeah, hasn't it? Yeah, hasn't it? Yeah. So, to make it, like, real quick, we got John Gruden, <laughs> who, as, as a football guy, working uh, with a, a heck of a lot of African-Americans over the years uh, and, and being known as a player's coach, and all this other shit, it comes out that he uh, had said to uh, uh, somebody in an email, referred to the uh, NFL Players Association president, uh, was it Maurice Smith? I yeah. believe it was? Yeah. Uh, that he had lips the size of, of Michelin's. Oh! Which oh. really harkens oh. back to, like, we're talking Damn. we're talking Colonel Sanders-level racism right there. I was right going to say, that's Jimmy the Greek territory. Right? Wow. Good example. Oh, and, God. Yeah, just damn. Yeah. But, there goes your public persona, pal. It just got blown up. And I tell yeah. you what, we're not even going to stop there, kids. No? Oh, oh, no. But wait, there's, there's more. There's more. Then we got my girl, my squad member, Miss <laughs> Rashida Tlaib. Keep your seat, trash. Up there in what, Michigan? I knew this was coming. There's a shit stain on a state if ever there was one. Ouch. And yes, I'll be up front. I hate her because of what she originally said when she was first elected to her child, yes, we're going to impeach that motherfucker referring to the newly elected president. A lot of class there, baby. Maybe you should try a redder shade of lipstick with your buddy Holly glasses. Or maybe you should... fucking cartoon. Just not let that shit get out. (laughs) Or that. You know what I mean? Or that. So this dim bulb 
See, I managed to not use a swear word there. Very good, very good. Was caught on camera telling uh, one of her fellow Democrats who was apologizing that he did not wear a mask to her media event. Right, right. Pulls her down so she could speak freely. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, don't worry. This is only because I got a Republican uh, scouting me over here. (laughs) Doesn't mean anything. Bang. Right there in video for all the world to see. You stupid bitch. All right. But I digress because that's not my fool of the week. Yeah. Oh, we're diving into rabbit hole, kids. Let's go deep, Johnny. Let's Let's go go deep. deep. All right. Uh, This week, or perhaps the previous week, uh, a Navy nuclear engineer was called, his name is Jonathan uh, Toebe, I think I pronounced it. I don't know. It doesn't look uh, like fucking Smith to me. Okay. Anyway, this piece of crap is selling <laughs> sensitive nuclear submarine technology, whether oh. it be the, the engine or the oh. propulsion or whatever, to what he thought was a foreign government. Oh, really? Right. Oh. And apparently, this shit was so exciting that his wife got in on the act, too. Oh, no. Unbeknownst to them, oh, in a God. strange turn of events, Here it, comes. it wasn't an agent for a foreign government. It was our own FBI. Oh. Oh. Thank you. I had to get that quote wow. in there. Yeah. So, yes, and, and some of their exchanges of information where he kept asking for more money as a good you know, sign of good faith and this sure, and that. Sure, Collected, they say, about $70,000 so far after these exchanges, one of which featured a, uh, a thumb drive wrapped in plastic inside a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Oh, how cloaking Left at a spot in the park or whatnot. Oh, my goodness. And another one was another thumb drive. God, I love these thumb drives. Indeed. Uh, in, a, in a stick of gum. <laughs> and left really? just for somebody to come by and, and, and pick it up. Oh, God. And what bothers me now is that the facts and the importance of this case are diminishing rapidly, like on a daily basis. Really? So it went from the front page of foxnews.com yeah. to a secondary article to now this week it's in like the lineup of events. Barely a mention made on CNN.com. They, they, to their credit, they hmm. did mention it. Interesting. And I can't seem to find out if, if this couple, this is as of today, has retained lawyers. Mm. I did see where something, as far as even the prosecution is saying, well, maybe they, they don't need to be actually held in detainment. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Now, what? Is, this a, is this a situation where the facts of the case are being revised by any chance? That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. But if you've got at least a year-long Back and forth with them dropping off stuff in their age. I mean, this sounds like a sound pretty good. It, it sounds like an open good. and shut case to me. Yeah. And back in the day, political leanings aside, these are the people they would drag out by the hair, kicking and screaming into the town square, <laughs> and put two in the head. Okay. Mm. This guy and his friggin' wife. I don't give a shit. Where do we draw the line with with again? society's understanding. Yeah. They're selling government secrets, military secrets, putting our people at risk, okay? And what is already a rapidly heating up arms race again. Yeah. And they they're farting around with this guy as well, far again, as how they're going to handle this. Again, the 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 fading from view aspect of this makes me suspicious just and you know, you and I have talked about this at length. I'm how suspicious I am of the news media. You're super suspicious of anything, <laughs> and you know they'll charge forward with this, and then they find out that maybe it wasn't this; it was that. Right. And suddenly, it goes from page one to page six. And, and I'm on the record as saying, "Let them just keep talking. Yeah, the truth will come out. Everything will make more sense. Just yeah. wait a little bit." 
But there's been some things in the news lately. Yeah. Like uh, one of our submarines, I believe it was the USS Connecticut, struck something in the South China Sea. Struck something. something. Hmm. And we had several uh, crew members on board injured. Right. Okay. Although they right. say it's something more than lacerations and contusions. But yeah. that's if you're the one getting lacerated and contused, yeah. it's a big deal. Oh, right? yeah. It's a minor injury when it's somebody right. else. Meanwhile, yeah. you got the Chinese spokesman just chastising us for even being there. They like doing that. They, they that's, do. that's their job. They, you they know. like to chastise. The, uh, the office of the chastiser. I believe yes, he works indeed. for them. Yeah. And you know, you, you kind of you don't need to be a lunatic connecting pieces of string via thumbtacks <laughs> on a board to say, well, golly gee whiz, maybe this shit's all connected. Perhaps, okay? perhaps submarine espionage, submarine hitting something. <laughs> they don't say in any of the articles. It has not been released by the government what foreign power they were posing as. Yeah. But I think that's the piece of the puzzle that we're missing. You're probably right, and and I gotta think it's somewhat. Awkward to try to explain how a submarine hit something. Right. You know, that's... And even earlier this week... How did you hit something with a submarine? Right. Now, within a week or or possibly two weeks, there was also a story in the news that the Russians are now actively working to raise at least two of their sunken submarines. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So, again, you throw that into the next... That's a whole lot of submarine stuff happening yeah. right now. And, yeah. of course, that was it the, the NARC treaty that France is pissed off at. Yeah. <laughs> because now Australia is going to get a whole spanking new fleet of American submarines. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The whole world's pissed off at that. Mm-hmm. So, again, you throw all this shit into a pot, and you're coming out with a lot more than unsatisfying candy yeah, corn. Yeah, a lot of question marks here. Yes. A lot of question marks. Yes. So think on that, folks. That is our segment <laughs> of Fool of the Week. Good luck sleeping tonight. My job there is done. I, I still like asshole of the week. I, do. <laughs> I just do. We'll put it up to a vote. We'll, we'll do a committee. We'll bring in Tula, Sir Nigel. We'll decide. Like, sounds like a plan. All right. So All right. that so, being said, it's time for our third We got a, we got a gem to close yes. this one out. I like it. I like it. Gemeronimo. You know, I, I actually, you know, truth be told, truth in advertising, this was a Johnny suggestion uh, that I went and did some research on. And Uh-oh. it was in the process of the research that I discovered how gem-worthy this song is. Oh, my. Yeah. A very, very interesting, uh, very interesting, uh, what's the word? Chronology, I guess. And just so you know, folks, uh, it does say in the Bible, and lo, once the seventh seal was removed, it showed that Johnny was picking gems that Michael Sean Lee <laughs> actually appreciated and enjoyed. Hide your children. Hide your wives. Oh, my God. <laughs> definitely, definitely a sign of the impending apocalypse, folks. <laughs> Batten down the hatches, here it comes. Where's that midget from the Poltergeist movies? Oh, where's the beast is here. (laughs) (laughs) Let's cut to this amazing jam and let's talk about it when we come back. Yes. Because woof, we need a breather. We'll be right back.
Love me some Black Crows. I even dug that tune. <laughs> and I'm not the Black Crows <laughs> fan that you uh, are. This is true. This is true. But yeah, fitting dovetail, uh, you know, for our, our sec- second topic of the uh, of the show, uh, Black Crow song called Just Say You're Sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, just say you're sorry and be sure. done with it. You and know? we had a couple we kicked around because I wanted some kind of acquiescence of guilt yes. in the song. Yes. So what else did you find well, about it, this? It, again, in you know, being the epitome of a gem, uh, this was actually a bonus track from, uh, from the Crow's 1996 album, Three Snakes and One Charm, but it actually wasn't released on that album. It was uh, part of a uh, re-release two years later, with two bonus tracks, it was uh, that and Mellow Down Easy, which is another classic Crows track right. that I absolutely love. So, yeah, finding its lineage was a bit tricky. Nice. Yeah, like I said, it didn't actually come out on on the album itself in 96. Uh-huh. And I kind of wonder, you know, you, you hear about bands leaving songs off of albums and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, for whatever reason, uh, I know a, a classic example um, is a... Pearl Jam song called Yellow Leadbetter mm-hmm. that they recorded during the sessions for the first album, 10. And the band decided at the time the song didn't qualify. And it comes out a couple of years later as a B-side and becomes an absolute classic. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and this one, Just Say You're Sorry, you know, kind of fits in that interpretation or in that mode of, for whatever reason, the band decided they didn't want to include it you know, on the first issue of the album, but they subsequently release it you know, two years after the fact, mm-hmm. and it becomes a closet classic. You nice. know, a, a hit amongst the faithful. Well, I'll tell you what, at the risk of being self-indulgent, I take so much pleasure in being able to stump you on occasion, <laughs> especially when it's a band that you're a big fan of. Yeah, that Look, was... Look, folks, it's all we have, okay? Yeah. <laughs> that was one of those songs where it was like, that That sounds familiar. I'm, I'm you know, can't quite put my finger on it. Yep. You know, better do some homework here yeah. and figure out what's going on. And there you go, the epitome of a gem. Because normally when I throw the gem suggestions towards you, I, I'm expecting an instant yay or nay. Right. Sometimes with a funny face that I just want to like, <laughs> hit you about the face and head. But in this one, you were like half a head cock. Like, I don't know if I know that one. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it sounds like really. Sounds vaguely familiar. But, you know, and I mean, there were, there were you know, there was some good stuff uh, on. Three Snakes and One Charm, if you're a Crows fan. Sure. You know, wasn't their biggest album as far as, like, you know, chart success or whatever. Right. But there was some classic Crow stuff on there. Yep. And if you listen to that song, that's vintage Crows. You know, both in the tune. lyrics and great, the slide. Yeah. I mean, whatnot, great sound to going it. On. Pacing was good. Yeah. But it's like you got to do a little digging if you want to find out the song's lineage. Right. You know, and, uh, and there you go. Yep. You know, so. And it, it prompted us to have a discussion, folks, that at some point we're going to have an episode with our favorite, uh, respectively, gems of all yep. the episodes we've had. Maybe we'll wait till like episode 100. Yeah. And that'll be our big anniversary, maybe double sized podcast episode. I don't know. Sure. I'm all having ideas. It's late. <laughs> but yeah, that would be a perfect time to unveil our soundtracks, our yeah. favorite gems. Yeah. So we each get like five or six of them. And do, you know, a side of an album. Yeah. Of course, my side would be the A side. Your side would be the B side. Of course. You know, obviously. Yeah. Well, we're getting to the point where we could, we could put together a soundtrack, a Riffs and Rant soundtrack. Totally. You know, volume totally. one, volume two, you know. Yep. It has potential. Well. What do we got, Johnny? Plug, plug, plug. Okay. Upcoming. Still trying to work out the schematics. We want to do a, a sequel to one of our most loved episodes with my two stupid friends, Andy and John. Called uh, Fast and the Foodish 2, 
diarrhea before dawn. Ow. Needs to happen. It's going to happen. Might happen next week. Might happen next month, but okay. it's going to happen. Okay. In the meantime, <laughs> we've been getting a lot of feedback lately from our listeners because now we're really just going worldwide. It's, we it's have an sick. audience. Yes. Yes. Um, so I will remind everybody, if there's something you want to talk about, focus on, gems you want to hear, we're open to everything, kids. Absolutely. Send me an email, john at bigboomradio.com, and tell me what's on your mind. Or... Look, just visit the website, bigboomradio.com, because do you know what's on that website, Microsoft Link? I've seen one or two things. One or two things? Shit, we got a blog with all kinds of venomous humor on there. Very, <laughs> very gallows humor, right? Nice. We've got some select pieces by you coming up shortly. Indeed. Some things you've written. That's going to be very entertaining. Yeah. You know, we got that stuff on there. We've got, you know, episodes of this podcast, which you can just download instantly if you don't feel like going to... You know, those little baby sites like iTunes <laughs> and iHeartRadio and Spotify. These, these rather those fringe obscure, sites, right? Yeah, fringe kind sites. of out there sites, yeah. And I can say that this podcast, because this is how they say it on the radios these days, wherever your quality podcasts are sold, oh, yeah, we're everywhere, bitches. <laughs> we're not just here or there in odd number of days. We're everywhere. Take that, Alec Baldwin. Nice. I'm done. I had to say it. Uh, you know, you, you, I admired your restraint <laughs> right up until that moment, and then, okay. And I'll have to say, not that we need to plug anybody else, but still, my, my favorite now, many episodes into it, is that the Conan O'Brien needs a fan. Yeah, you were telling me, yeah. It's just fun, and it's so well done, and, and, and engineered, and everything. And again, to contrast, as a lot of other, just recently, I started to listen to different kinds of podcasts, just yeah. to see what else is out there. Yeah. And oh my God, the shit people are passing <laughs> off as entertainment. Man. Yeah. I mean, damn, stop it. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> you, you see the full gamut from, you know, the garbage to, you know, a guy who's basically a comic genius. Right. You know, and just so comfortable in this environment of just yeah. talking to somebody, yeah. you know? And it's like, you go back to the old uh, Beck song, Two Turntables and a Microphone. Yep. It takes more than that, folks, to be entertaining. Ah, just saying. Just a wee bit. Just saying. So, yes. I'm going to stop preaching. And on that note, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Episode number 86. Oh, there you go. Good Lord. <laughs> Woo! All right. This they is... thought we were going to kill each other long before this, didn't they? I, I had this shit scattered in five <laughs> episodes. You had said something about, well, if we hit 30, we'll be somebody. My did I God. That? Did I say that 30? 30. I, say, I think I said if we hit 30 without killing each other, then, you know. I was happy. I'd live money a miracle, episodes. but, you know, we keep on going. My, 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 how we've all changed. Anyway, Indeed. that's it for this episode. <laughs> as always, thank you for joining us, and I am Johnny Teflon. And I'm Michael Sean Lee. And we'll see you all on the flip side.